I'm Dave Hill. I was born and raised in America, but my grandfather, Clarence Vincent Blake Sr., was from Canada. Clinton, Ontario, to be exact. And when I was a kid growing up on the mean streets of suburban Cleveland, Ohio, my grandfather would thrill and amaze me and my siblings with tales of his mysterious and magical homeland located just across majestic Lake Erie. My grandfather's been up in that big hockey arena in the sky for over 30 years now, so I figured it was time I finally learned more about his country, which is why I started this podcast on which I try to learn more about Canada, one Canadian at a time. This is So You're Canadian. Hello, today I come to you from gorgeous New York City, uh, where I'm here. I don't know if you can hear my sweet dog Lucy is in the background, uh, chewing on a bone. It's a little on the nose uh, for dog behavior, but whatever. She seems to be enjoying it, um, and uh, she's not you know, begging me to do other dog stuff with her right now, which is, which is great for me while I, while I start this new episode of So... Lucy's yawning already. I can't. I don't know if you heard that. So you're Canadian, or as I like to call it, no, no sleep till none of it. Um, very excited uh, about today's episode in our new futuristic bi-weekly format. Um, my goal is that we hit every area of Canada before uh, you know before we're done, and uh, so trailblazing today. Uh, we have our first guest from Labrador. I know we've had Newfoundland guests, but this is an actual Labradorian. She is Davnet Doyle, originally from Labrador City, uh, Labrador, and well, Newfoundland, Labrador. I, I, maybe it's all the same place. I, I, I realize I, I really don't know what I'm talking about. But um, anyway, I first met. Uh, Davnet, or Dav, as I like to call her, because it's way easier for me, um, in Toronto, where she now lives with, with my friend Greg, who is her husband. Um, anyway, this is all stuff we talk about uh, in, on the episode, and we talk about all sorts of other stuff and jump around in my usual short attention span way that has made me number one in my time slot. Um, I hope you're already familiar with Davnet Doyle, but if you're not, Here's a little taste with her latest single, which I believe just came out last month. Uh, here it is, Six Feet Under. And I'm counting down the hours Until it's 6 p.m. I can't open up the bottle Sit with you, my friend you never say it's over Or the party just won't end Oh, I'm counting down the hours I can't be with you again Oh, it makes me feel alive You're the one thing, baby Makes me want to die Stole away my days 
an ancestral condition I thought I could escape But I hear there ain't no exit You just have to wait You're buried in your casket With a bottle far away Only then can you rest your head Baby, death's the only way Always makes me feel alive You're the one thing, baby Makes me wanna die have it six feet under the new single from Davnet Doyle and now here is my delightful and seriously Canadian conversation with Davnet Doyle am I saying that wrong Dav it's it's one of those things if you stare at your hand too long it starts to look crazy if I say Davnet too long I, I think I'm probably getting it wrong I should just stick with Dav anyway here 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 it is me and Dav Doyle chatting away like the wind, 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 wind. Thanks for joining me, Dav. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Um, I'm, I'm looking I'm, forward to this conversation. Yes, it's going to be electric. And Woo! you are, you are, um, you're in Toronto right now, right? I not only am I, am I in Toronto, but I have people in my house right now. So I'm sequestered in my six-year-old daughter's room on her bed with a beanbag behind my back, just to give you the full visual of what's happening here in Toronto, Canada. Oh, nice. Well, don't don't be shy about uh, my. This podcast is known for all sorts of no- noises. Uh, my dog drinking water. So excellent. Great. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, slick in any this, way. <laughs> no, this this is a good this is a good room. I think this is a good uh, podcasting room. 
Yeah, it Mentor. sounds good. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for taking the time to do this. So, you, but you're, um, and this is be very exciting for my listeners of this wildly popular podcast. Um, you're originally from Labrador City. I am originally. Or, you were Labrador born in Labrador City. I was it's, born in Lab City. Yes, I was. Which is Lab City. Lab City. So really, I grew until I was six. I lived in a small mining town called Wabush in Labrador, which pretty much is covered, covered in snow for most of the year. And when I say covered in snow, it means snowstorms happen often where you open up your front door and it is up to the top with snow and you have to get buckets and put it in the bathtub and melt that water. And that's how you get out of your house. Oh, wow. So you, that, you're from Hardy Stock. I am. I am from Hardy be, Stock. you got to be tough in Wabush. And this is right. this is really exciting because you're the first guest from Labrador. Mm. It's never... We... Uh, oh, I think I hear the beanbag chair. I like that, though. Okay, is yeah. Is that the beanbag chair? Uh, you know what? I don't know what like that is. I'm... I'm having some uh, PTSD from the fact that we're doing this over Skype because do you remember when Skype first came out? You know, it's like 15 years ago or something like that. Yeah. I had a strong rebound situation with somebody who lived overseas and I was attached to Skype for a couple of months and this is my first time back on in 15 years and I'm trembling. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh! No, I'm no, sorry. No, no, it's great. I feel I uh, I'm a luddite, but as most Canadians are. No, I'm just kidding. It's just me. It's only me that's a luddite. Anyway, so when I was six, I moved to St. John's, Newfoundland, which is the most beautiful place on earth, and it oh, is oh yeah, t- really 200 miles from where the Titanic sank. Really, I didn't yes. know that. Yes, 200 miles. So. You know, people, obviously, Fogo Island is super trendy now. You know, Gwyneth goes there, Obama. And, but really, you know, I grew up with icebergs, and it's a pretty beautiful place. Wait, Fogo, where's Fogo Island? I've got, I'm Fogo looking at all this so stuff. You've been to St. John's, so you'd, you'd have to yeah. drive four hours and then take a ferry, and it's this little island that was resettled. So in Newfoundland, what they... Uh, when we joined Confederation. So Newfoundland was its own country until 1949, I believe. I might be wrong in some of these numbers, but you know what? So what? Who cares? Until um, 1949, and then we joined Canada to be part of Canada. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, we had doctors, services, and schools and stuff, and a whole bunch of outport communities around the, you know, the perimeter of Newfoundland and then the government, the new government decided that there really wasn't enough money to keep up those services and it would be cheaper for them to pay people off to move their houses. And oftentimes they literally lifted up their homes and transported it over the ocean to other communities. Like on a boat or something? On a on a barge, like a ready-made barge. And these homes would float over to the next community where they decided that's where, that's where you know, the teachers would be and hospitals would be and stuff like that. And that's that was the deal with Fogo. And then, so now I'm looking up Fogo Island mm-hmm. now. It's, Look up the... It's well, all these things... Beautiful. 
It looks like so. Uh, so all these fancy people go there now. You're all saying. the fancy people go there now. But the so Zita Cobb was from Photo Fogo Island, and she made a lot of money in the IT industry. And so she went back there, and she saw how much the people were suffering there, in terms of our cod fishery was you know depleted our cod stocks were depleted so that had been the main source of income was fishing and when that was gone you know what did people have to do so she decided to build this high-end beautiful resort but everybody who works there you know mostly is from Fogo Island all of the quilts all of the you know woolen socks and mittens are all from Fogo Island and now you know in Toronto you go to you know fancy restaurants and even your friend Greg's the ace and they'll have like yeah. Fogo Island cod tongues and stuff. So she single-handedly wait, has wait, brought Fogo Island like what? Cod tongues. So cod you, tongues. Cod tongues. I'm Count not a fan. Me out. I'm not a fan, but no, it's it's as it is it is exactly what you're picturing in your mind. Why would one want to eat a cod tongue? I guess it it's tastes like chicken. I don't know. I'm just kidding about that. But. I'm out. I'm out too. No, no, no. I'm out. And well, you mentioned the Ace, the yes. greatest restaurant in, uh, and on, I'm going to say all of Canada. Okay, sure. Let's do it. In my opinion. I was going to say Toronto, and then I just was going to say Ontario, and now I'm saying all of Canada. Great. I like I like sweeping sweeping generalizations work. For yeah, it's it's excellent. If you're ever, if you're ever in Canada, dear listener, go to the Ace. Tell them Tell them. Well, you can tell them Dave saying you also. Yeah, or, I just, yeah, abso- absolutely. Dave Hill sent you. Um, and but Fogo Island, and not to get, I'm so easily distracted. That's sort yeah. of another trademark of my. I like it. My, my podcast is, uh, but now I'm looking at Fogo Island Inn. Mm-hmm. Costs. Oh yeah. I, what a charming little name, but then you want to stay there. It start it's nineteen one thousand nine hundred seventy-five dollars Canadian dollars a night. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I have not been there, obviously. So I'm making sweeping generalizations about all of Fogo Island. I've never been to Fogo Island, but I really want to go. But I don't have nineteen hundred dollars a night to spend on a room, so I'm gonna look for a gig there. Yeah, get a gig. Get yeah. a gig in there. Right. I got to get that happening. No, it's crazy expensive. It's crazy expensive. That's bonkers. But so, it's be- yeah, it's beautiful. Oh no. You now now you've also sort of alluded to this is a that's a, you mentioned playing a gig there. Mm-hmm. And that's my trick is to go if I want to see yeah. somewhere so I just book a gig. Yeah. And then you don't have to uh you don't have yeah. to pay 1975 a night stays somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've got to get on that. Yeah, that's the move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also, you, when you book gigs, you then you don't have to explain it to anyone in your life, like your significant yeah. other. <laughs> Why are you going to Fogo Island without me? Sorry, got a gig. You know how uh, it is. Too funny. Do you do that move? I mean, you don't have to answer that. Um... I mean, there are definitely places I'm more excited to play than others. Yeah. Um, but uh, n- uh, not yet. But, you know, you've planted a seed, Dave. You've planted oh, a seed. I, I recommend it. 
you just see the world under the guise of work. See, I did. We we have two kids now. They're five and almost seven, and I did a lot of traveling, a lot of traveling before I had kids. And that, you know, people say, oh, I had postpartum. I had, you know, postpartum, but I also had this grand realization that I'm not going to be able to just put a flight to Japan on my credit card and just go. Yeah, because you you have uh it's it. you have other stuff it's, going on. Those days are over for me. And that was, it took me a couple of years to get over that. Um, and I'm fine. And we're going to, you know, we travel with the girls and stuff. But, you know, they don't want to go to the places necessarily that I like to go to. So, you know, a couple more years. I'm going to start booking some gigs in, like, Peru. Things like that. Yes. I got to get back on the traveling horse. I really miss it. Yeah. Sent, you know, two words, boarding school. This is my <laughs> I say that as someone who doesn't. Uh, I don't have any children, unless you count my sweet dog Lucy here. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, I mean, you can't leave home for a long stretch of time. No, I don't like, I don't like to anymore because I, I miss her so much. Mm. And dogs, unlike uh, humans. I think they think you're just dead when you leave. Probably. For a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess Dave died. Oh. oh well. Um, so but good. I'm sorry. I've, I've dragged you way off course. I, lo- I, love, I love this. I was very much looking forward to this conversation. Because we've only oh, met in person once, but I really enjoyed your company. Both of us likewise. hate parties. We hate parties. Yeah, for the listener, I may, maybe I'll, I'll yeah. mention some of this in the intro that I record later. Yeah. Um, and I'll make it sound like I recorded it beforehand. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, we met recently um, through, I was going to say our mutual friend, <laughs> Greg, but you're more than friends with him. You're married, actually married to him. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, we went to a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I'm not a not a party guy. Like I don't like um I used to uh drink and now I don't. And I used to be able to get like I've always been introvert, but when I was drinking, you know, oh, I'll have a glass of wine or two glasses of wine. I I can be social. But now as a person who doesn't drink alcohol, it is very challenging to go into a room and make small talk. I it's very hard. Yeah, it's uh it can be, I mean, I, I was just talking about this last night because I was out to dinner and this restaurant was not crowded and the music was a little too loud. Yeah. And this is, I, this is another trick uh, as a musician, if you don't know this trick already, you don't even have to be a musician to use this. But what I do is sit, tell them I have really bad tinnitus. Oh, that's and great. Neat. And no one will argue with that. If you're like, I have really bad tinnitus and the music's too loud, it causes me a lot of pain. And then they turn. Did you do that last night? No, I was going to. to. See, we are the same person. This is uh, crazy. I do it all the time, though. But what happened last night is I ordered a martini, Mm -hmm. and about halfway through it, I realized, oh, the music has gotten quieter and it's not as bright in here. And that sort of. Yes, the the booze, it really just takes the edge off all those things. Yeah, but yeah, without it, like, 
I'm okay. more inclined to ask for the music to be turned down at lunch and breakfast if I'm somewhere yeah. and it's too loud because there's no uh, unless I'm really off the rails. There's usually no martinis involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this morning I was at uh, a yoga class and I specifically picked this class. I switched the Greg and I take turns dropping the kids off at school in the morning. And it was really technically my turn this morning, but I saw at eight o'clock there's a yoga class with no music because now people all over the freaking world, you don't go to yoga to listen to, you know, Old Town Road. I do, I, yeah. I want to listen to my breath. Like I want to relax. I want to get, you know, that's my meditative time, you know? And anyway, so I go in there and I'm lying down. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I had it. I hit my knee three weeks ago, so I haven't been in three weeks. So I'm, a, I have some anxiety built up in my body. I need to go to yoga. And then she turns on the freaking music. I was lying there and I was, I was about to have a panic attack. And, and so I got up, which I never do. I got up and I checked on my phone. I went to the dressing room, checked on my phone. I was like, this is supposed to be not music. And I checked for earplugs. I didn't have any earplugs. And I actually, I was very proud of myself. I, I got her attention. She did not want to come over to me at all because she just started the class. And I said, isn't this supposed to be without music? And I, you know, I grabbed her arm very gently, very nicely. And she was like, oh, I think I might have made a mistake oh, would you like me to turn it off? And I said, no. So I had, I don't, I, I was almost, I was like 90% the way there. And then my Canadian 10% took over. And then I was like, even though I'd, I almost had a panic attack with this freaking music. And then the 10%, it just came in and I said, no, even though she's perfectly willing to turn it off. Your Canadian, you feel your, that was your Canadian, canadian oh, It was talking? like Canadian female so it's like double it's you're programmed for like double politeness it's like but don't then, inconvenience anybody but i'm trying to i'm working on it so i, I well, i'm 90 percent there wouldn't the yoga instructors canadianness then like meet you halfway and because clearly you're yeah. not mentioning the music just to make conversation I, I i know i did think that halfway through actually so wouldn't they say oh i should turn this up because she, clearly that's what why it was mentioned. Was. yeah uh, yeah you're totally right you're right maybe it was and maybe she's not canadian maybe she's not she's from detroit or some she is cleveland she, or somewhere you know, she's got buffalo written all over her forehead oh, oh the worst even though in in toronto we love buffalo because that's where the nearest target is oh you guys don't have target in canada Oh, they had a, a failed Canadian launch of Target. They opened too wide, too big, too fast, too soon. There was no merchandise on the shelves. And then it, it imploded. Somebody lost hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, I'm kind yeah. of delighting in that. I shouldn't delight in that. but Why are I, you delighting in that? I always like to hear stories of large corporations just taking a beating. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. it happened. They had they had a watershed bath, for wow. sure. Yeah, but it's sad for us because Target, there's nothing like Target in Canada where you can just go I, and get everything. I do like I do like Target. I, I will say, despite my taking joy in uh, in their demise in Canada, 
I do yeah. like to yeah. I do <laughs> like shopping there. When I find myself there, there's always things that I that I I like. And now let's take a quick break to check in with our friends over at Maximum Fun. Go to maximumfun.org to find out what their deal is. Hey, you've reached Dr. Game Show. Leave your message after the beep. Dr. Game Show is my favorite podcast and the only podcast my parents let me listen to because I'm 12. But even old people love this show. Basically, you call in, play games, and have fun. If you win a game, a baby will send you a magnet in the mail. I have so many magnets and put them all over my locker and pretty much everyone at school is jealous because they are very cool custom magnets and it also means that I'm really good at winning games. And they even let me practice my record live on the air. (laughs) Listening to this show is like going to a real doctor, but pretty much kind of better. Dr. Game Show Rock. Listen to Dr. Game Show on Maximum Fun. New episodes every other Wednesday. Hey, everyone. It's I, John Hodgman of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. And I, Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse podcast. And we've made a whole new podcast, a 12-episode special miniseries called I, Podius, in which we recap, discuss, and explore the very famous 1976 BBC miniseries about ancient Rome called... I, Claudius. We've got incredible guests such as Gillian Jacobs, Paul F. Tompkins, as well as star of I, Claudius, Sir Patrick Stewart, and his son, non-Sir Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Daniel, get there someday. I, Podius is the name of the show. Every week from MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. And now we return to my delightful and seriously Canadian conversation with Davnet Doyle. Now, um, wait, oh, th- oh, this is an, another thing. It seems like Canada, and not to make a sweeping, but I'll go ahead and make a sweeping generalization. Yeah, I do find like shopping for things there. Most, the general vibe, maybe not so much in Toronto, but in most of the country, it seems like it's, it's geared towards like someone's aunt. <laughs> Like older aunt, like great aunt. Yes. So I could see where a Target would be nice to have around because most of the yeah. stuff, like I got a really nice um, mat for um, drying dishes. Oh. <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> it's really good. Oh my God. I got it in. Uh, you know, you're hitting it right on the on the head here, Dave. Yeah. Target is, is in where where was it, it was in not in it was in Nova Scotia in a town that become begins with an L. Lunaburg. Lu- yes. You know what? I was going to guess. I bet you bought that in Lunaburg. Yeah, and Lunaburg. Um, well, our, our mutual friend David Miles. Yes. He recommended that I go, and he's also been a guest on this show. I I. I I love him. How do you guys yeah. know each other? We did. Do you know Wesley Stace? Mm, not yet. No. He used to. Not. That's a good <laughs> answer because you should know him. Um, he well, he used to be known as John Wesley Harding. Okay, I know Wesley. I know who that is. Yeah, that was like his stage name, and now then he decided to just go with his real name at one point. Um, okay. But that I we did a show together. 
in New York, Wesley does a great show called The Cabinet of Wonders that you should totally come and do. Um, you'd be perfect. And um, it's super fun. We can talk out, outside of the show, and I'll mm-hmm. fill you in on all the details. But, um, but, but so David came and did that, and it was right before I was going to Halifax, where he lives. Yes. And he schooled me on things that I should do while in Nova Scotia. So he said to go to Lunenburg. Yeah. And just from the sound of it, like when you drive up, when you approach Lunenburg, it looks like you're going to buy, like, I'm going to buy an old chest that has a dead sailor's <gasps> belongings in it. You know? <gasps> things yeah. like that. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get so much crazy, weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it, but I got a bath mat and a scented candle. Yes. Or not a bath well, mat, a, a dish mat. I feel like years ago you could have got an old pirate trunk stuffed with stuff, but now, I mean, it is pretty, you know, tourist. Yeah. But you want, you know, you want some yeah. sailor or fisherman who drank himself to death. Yes. And he just got his few belongings that he dragged off the boat with him. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure if you did a deep dive on Craigslist in Lunenburg, you could find that. Oh, okay. That's um, that's what's going to happen immediately after we finish. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but wait, no, this is, we still, I'm, we, so, okay, so you're six and you moved to St. John's. Yes. Which is, is absolutely beautiful. Do you know Dwayne yeah. Andrews? Of course. Brilliant Can you talk musician. about this? I think yeah. I did briefly. Um, I mean, he's um, an incredible, incredible musician. Absolutely. And he was a guest on this show as well. Fantastic. But um, so originally I was thinking, because I didn't research uh, closely enough, I thought, oh, you'll be my second Newfoundlander. But instead, you're my first Labradorian. What is the word? A Labradorian? Labradorian. Oh, wow. I nailed it. Yeah, you killed that. Because it's a tricky, this is something I talk about on the show a lot. I have to be careful the things that I talk about a lot because I get complaints from listeners who say I talk about how cold it is in Canada too often and things like that. Okay, you know, what you need to be focusing on is the fact that you have listeners who comment on what you talk about. This is great news. This is great news, yeah. So... But, but the, I, the cold cannot be understated. That's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like it's just so, it's, you're not prepared for it. As a guy no. from Cleveland, which is plenty cold. Yeah. I was just like, whoa. This is next level. Like I oftentimes when I walk my kids to school, I will have on my snow pants. Like this, the, there's no attractive people in Canada in the wintertime. Oh, because of the outfit. Yeah, you need I mean, like sane people. Sane people are not attractive. Like I literally have four or five layers on my body at all times when I leave my home. You oh, kind of just to. you just kind of forget about aesthetics for six months yeah. because you know there's no bad weather, just bad clothes. I <laughs> recently recently adopted. It's working working for me because i hate being cold really. that's why i was at hot yoga today just to get my body temperature up it's freaking oh. freezing here which one is the hot bikram yoga i don't or do no. 
What's the hot uh, one called? Uh, it was called Moksha, but now it's called Modo. Oh. Yoga. So you're in there, you're doing the hot, it's hot, and then they're playing music that you don't want. This sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> but it's pro- you probably walk out part. feeling good. I, I, What's that? You know, I, I loved the heat part. Yeah. Yeah. What music were they playing there? Well, she was actually, it actually wasn't too bad because it was more, you know, like yogic music, gentle. Oh. And, but uh, when it's, I mean, I have, as I said earlier, I've literally been in a yoga class where they have not even the original of Old Town Road, which was the number one song on the charts last year with Billy Ray Cyrus, I might add. They had a remix of it. It was not bueno. Not bueno at all. No, that would, uh, I would no. flag that. It was not, I was not, nah, I'm going to stay. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm sorry. That took me a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, yeah, that's, that's no good. But, um, gosh, where, uh, this is, I'm the, see, this is, I, I shouldn't point out what a bad host I am. But I, I, I love the scattered I get yeah, it's, it's constant scattering, and then one in the last couple minutes, then I'll hone in on something. Um, it's like there, me. It's like you're there 45 minutes. Oh God, why am I doing this? And then she'll always come up with a nugget at the end. I'm like, oh, that's it. At at the last second, yeah. Um, like, that I always find that with my therapist. I go and I'm like, oh, I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, I have no major <laughs> trauma to report. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then that's the session where I have some sort of I walk yeah. away with some sort of insight <laughs> into my misery. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Mondo. Okay, let's focus. So then you yeah. move. <laughs> you moved at the age of six. You're now mm-hmm. six years old. Mm-hmm. I've asked you nothing past that age yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really even like get... therapy. Anyway, keep going. You haven't. Well, you haven't. We'll talk about you have a new single out. Yeah. We'll jump yeah. way, way forward. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have a, a new single out, Six mm-hmm. Feet Under. Yes. So, um, which I'll mention at the beginning as well. So, oh, cool. Thanks, um, there'll be nonstop. Uh, you have a lot. You you have a lot of singles that have come out, like you I, in the sort of keeping with the modern times. Yeah, uh, I I just. I, you know, my manager was like, when I made, I put out a record last year called Liquor Store Flowers, and it was really my first solo record in 15 years, and I wanted to make a full record, I wanted to make vinyl, my manager's going, you know, that's really not the way music is consumed anymore, and I said, well, that's ridiculous, I'm just gonna, and then once you put it out, once I put it out, and then once music is up on Spotify, it precludes you from releasing it as a single, which is not really the way the industry used to work. So once I got that out there, I realized, oh, she's right. Oh yeah, so you got to re- you got to release the single before the album. Yes. Real, I still like listening to long form music, but I realized that's me just too. Me. Yeah, it's I'm learning these lessons too, both with music and comedy. Like I have a new comedy album coming out in April. Sweet. And we did the uh, artist friend. Danny Hellman did the artwork and he did the cover. Yeah. And then I emailed the label. I'm like, so what, how many panels are we doing (laughs) for the rest of the artwork? And they're like, oh, did you want to do physical product? And I was like, oh, we're not. 
Yeah. They're like, yeah, you can't. If you want to, we can. But, like, we weren't planning on it because no one... That's no one not, buys it. Yeah, that's not how it works anymore. It, it, it really, it really, it's just not how it works anymore. It's shocking. Yeah. And I, I, uh... Yeah, it's hard, hard lessons for uh, yeah. for us people that grew up in a simpler time. <laughs> it really is. But that said, we're in the process of really clearing out our basement. And uh, so we have a big pile of to get rid of. And I have a big, huge box of like 100 cassettes of my first record from like 25 years ago. I don't want that. But I bet you could, when you do that show... On Fogo Island. Yes, I could sell some tapes. So right. you, those would be moving. And you get all those rich Fogo Island bastards at the That's show. Right. Charged, That's right. Charged 20 bucks for the cassette. That, you know what? I like it. I like the way you think. Throw in a sticker, maybe? Yeah, for sure. Or not? Yeah. Um, okay, so you're six <laughs> and you're in St. John's. Yeah. Um, I'm now we're zapped time. back. This is like the movie, movie Memento. Not really. Yeah, it, um, it really is. We could jump around. <sighs> okay, I have a, okay. When I was six, I moved to St. John's. I, my dad and his family, in the isolation in Labrador and in rural Newf- Newfoundland, they re- you really had to make your own fun. So sure. my dad and his brothers and his sister were all super involved in theater and, you know, amateur theater, and then professional theater, and they would act and write plays and do, you know, my dad, you know, directs and makes sets and designs lighting and stuff like that, and so that's really what I thought I wanted to be. I wanted to be an actor, so through high school, I was in plays, and that's really kind of where I excelled, so singing wasn't really my bag until I was cast in Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods in high school. And I got the role of the witch, which is a really heavy vocal uh, role. And But I got it because of my acting and I really couldn't pull it off of the singing. And then one, one day I just opened up and I had this chest voice I didn't know was there, like this really big voice. And, and so that kind of changed things a little bit for me. I was in a band with a bunch of older guys and and, uh, you know, started to write songs and, and then I went to university and I auditioned for the go? national, I went to Memorial in Newfoundland. Where is that? John's. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's in St. John's, you know, for one semester. And then I got, I was, got cast in a play the next semester. So I did that. And then I went back and then I had a summer job. Did you go to Fred's records when you were in St. John's? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Okay. So I, that's my only job I've ever had is working in that record store, a great record store in St. John's and working upstairs at a distribution company. Anyway, someone was up from Toronto, Graham Stairs, and he overheard me singing in the office and said, she has a great voice. And I'd made a demo tape. It was not a great demo tape. And he put it in his car. He drove around the block. And at that point, Sloan was happening and Ashley McIsaac and Lots of big kind of East Coast bands were, you know, were on Sub Pop. And, mm-hmm. and so they started this label. EMI started this label. And I was, I think, the first signing. I'm not sure. So then I flew up to Toronto and wrote a bunch of songs with people. And and then all of a sudden, I, you know, it was like that, we're going to make you a star kind of moment. Mm-hmm. 
And then so the last song I wrote for the record, which is really when I was getting comfortable with my writing feet, you know, um, that came out as a single and it went to like top five on the charts on radio and much music. And I was like, oh, this is this is so easy. This is great. And then the next one came out didn't do as well. And then, then the next one. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and it was really super pop and I wasn't really comfortable being pop. I was just kind of trying to, I didn't know what I was doing 17 or 18 or something. And then I went on the road opening up for Steve Earle. And at that point, Amy Lou Harris is, album wrecking ball was out which daniel lenoir produced and there was a song on it called goodbye beautiful song and steve started to sing it and i it all clicked into place for me i was like he wrote that song this is what he if and i didn't play guitar or anything at that point i was like if i'm going to do this that's what i want to do that's how i want to do it how do i how can i do that and so I kind of look at the last 20 years of my career is trying to figure out how to do that, um, how to, you know, be self-sufficient on stage and as a writer and as a player. And it's taken me a long time, but I feel like I'm here. Yeah, to what? I think so. Not that my opinion matters, but I'm, I'm just one guy. Yeah. See, that would have been a perfect moment. I guess we could do that because I, I think so. And then we go right into... Six feet under. Yeah, sure. Or something. I'm if if I were doing the you know the radio yeah. DJ. Mm-hmm. So you but backing up a little. So you mm-hmm. so you when you first started, you were part of that whole. I remember. Yeah, the whole Canadian like Sloan and Jail. Yeah. Yes. And all those bands yeah. like there was a, a frenzy. Yeah, there was a frenzy, and then they ended up signing artists like me, who I wasn't cool at all and I wasn't cool like I that but I wasn't that I wasn't that I'm cool now but I wasn't I wasn't very cool then because I didn't <laughs> I didn't know who I, I didn't know who I was and I felt uncomfortable on stage like I hated going on stage as a solo artist it freaked me out because I didn't I had total imposter syndrome and didn't mm-hmm. believe in myself but there was a reason why I didn't believe in myself I hadn't done the work yet you know and mm-hmm. then I was like thrust on these big stages I mean it was great but you know, I should have started therapy in my 20s. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I, did it. I did. I did. And it's still I'm still a mess. OK, good. So what if that's an, I don't know if that's any consolation. It kind of is. I just saw Sloan the other night. Oh, great. They, they were in New York. They were in New York. They played at Bowery Ballroom. Amazing. Sold out show. It was great. my first time. I saw them. On with their first record, mm-hmm. and I don't think I had. See, I, I've been a fan all the while, but mm-hmm. somehow neglected to get around to seeing them again until about 25 years later oh, or something. They're they're even better than they were. Oh, totally. You know, it's a weird thing, and this is not a a knock on Sloan at all. Mm-hmm. They're better. They are better than ever. But I think as bands. Over, t- I've noticed this as an as an aging mm-hmm. guy who likes to rock out. Mm-hmm. It ends up the dude quotient goes up and up and up. At, oh yeah. So a lot of many many mostly dudes at the show. Whereas mm-hmm. 
uh, 20 years ago, it would have been more of a fun, youthful affair. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's nowhere for the sexual energy of rock music to go when it's all dudes. Yeah, but then can't you just like channel that uh, sexual energy into microaggression in that there's so many dudes that nobody can see? Like, that's what I find about going to those shows is that there's so many guys. There's no chance in hell I'm going to be able yeah, to see the stage. Right. So, and I find in that they just, they cut, then you guys just start elbowing each other. So, yeah. Without the and sexual it, tension, it's just aggression. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a mess. And also, as the fans get older, they get wider too. Yeah. So, it's yeah. just big, beefy, balding <laughs> men fighting for space. Yes. To see the band. Oh, but God. that said, they were great. Um, mm. But yeah, I saw them. You, you probably, funny. I like it. Oh, <laughs> the um, do you know, you must know Mike Belitsky then too. Do you I know him? I don't know if I do. Oh, um, he's he a drummer for this. Yes, he's he's, he's from for... the Stadies. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, I know who he is. Um, that band is ridiculous. Yeah, they're great, Jeez. and uh. That's how, but I, he knew the Sloan guys, and I used to play in a band with Mike um, back when I was a pretty young thing, mm-hmm. and he was living in New York, oh, and wow. that's how, that's how I got turned on to Sloan and Jail, and I, that's how I remember the, uh, the early to mid-90s yes. feeding frenzy of Eastern Can- Canadian yeah. rock music. Yes, it was real. That's how I brought it full circle. I like that. Uh, that was some good DJing. <laughs> I like that. And, and then, uh, so how long have you been in Toronto? Like 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so longer than I was in Newfoundland. I left super early. I remember my father putting me on a plane when I was 17 to come to Toronto to come up and write songs by myself. And I lived in this, you know, one of those least furnished apartments and and my mother told me not to go outside after dark because it was Toronto the big bad city and it got dark at five o'clock because it was February Mm -hmm. so I was totally isolated my my oven didn't work and I remember going to the store and getting mini frozen pizzas and realizing my oven didn't work and then cooking them Boiling a pot of water and putting a grate over it and steaming my pizza like that. That was, that's how I paid my dues. Wow. Yeah. No, it was not good. <laughs> you steamed the pizza. How, that couldn't have been very good. Oh, it was, it was terrible. I gained 25 pounds in like three months. It was not good. Eating damp pizza. Eating damp pizza. And I was too Canadian, but I also, I don't like... I'm a, I have this weird introverted thing that's like even if I order food and they're coming to the door and if, you know, Greg or somebody else is here, I'll be like, can you please get the door? Like I'm scared of I'm, I can go on stage in front of thousands of people and be totally comfortable. But yet sometimes forced one human interactions freak me out. And I just never wanted to call the landlord and tell them that the oven it was probably just a breaker. I lived there for four months without an oven. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's I, that's a move I would – I do things like – I because yeah. I, <laughs> I think being I, technically quarter Canadian. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm 
I'm that way in that, I, yeah, I never want to complain mm-hmm. about things because I don't, then I feel like, oh, when the time comes for them to have the option to get rid of me, they'll remember that time I said there was no electricity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Of course. Yep. Man, oh, man. It's a lot of parallels here, Dave. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad it, it all worked out. Yeah, you it ha- did. You have an oven now. Um, you have access to the greatest restaurant I in do. North America. That's right. <laughs> you know, now, I've expanded it to the entire continent. Uh, well, that's, you know, that's cool. Yeah, it's gradually... What you know? Next time it, it'll be the entire world or the Western Hemisphere or whatever. Sure. Um. Well, I've kept you for longer than forty minutes. I've violated my my promise to you. Well, I really, really enjoyed our chat. It really Thank did you. feel like therapy. Oh. <laughs> it really did. It Likewise. Like... Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for talking to me. Could I maybe play just as a personal? Uh, favorite, I, your cover of I Want You to Want Me? Yes, I would love that. I meant to talk about that, Thank you so though I much. guess we could just keep all that all this in as part of the episode. Of course. Um, but uh, I, as a huge Cheap Trick fan, Thank I was I especially love that. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Danny um, Michelle, who produced that record. Do you know of Danny Michelle? Great musician. You would love him. I don't think that I do. You Is you. It, Honestly, as personalities too, super quirky. He um, he's a great artist, but he's also a great producer. And he produced that record of cover songs for me mm-hmm. called Lights Down Low. Yeah. And he basically played every single instrument. We had some horn players and stuff come in, but he played every instrument. And he made me lie down on a couch, drink red wine, and he he I sang that whole record, lying down with a microphone right in front of my face. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah, because I, I, in the past, I definitely had a tendency to be a bit more performative when I was singing, you know, like, oh, yes, because I do live in a country where Celine Dion was created. Yeah, and, punch um, in her chest you know, and all that. Right? So I'm trying to get away from that. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so it was just like raw, drunken singing. Often Whoa. one or two takes. I love that. That's excellent. That's that's an amazing technique. I like it that. It is. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's not your. Uh, yeah. It's not a. What the way one would think. It's not where. You, it's not the best. Uh, anyway, you yeah, know what I'm it, saying. It's not what you should it is be the doing. Best. Yeah, I find you know I'm I'm a I'm a horrible singer, but when I do sing, I, one one thing I learned yeah was like. I'm only going to sing things I can sit down in a chair and sing because then yeah. I know I'm not, I'm not like trying to like. Oh, uh, uh, that's that's good. Hit any high notes that I can't hit. Yeah. I recently just saw a speech pathologist um, just as having some tension, muscular tension dysphonia in my throat because I had a sinus issue and I became over reliant on my throat for singing and speaking as opposed to how you really should be doing it. Mm-hmm. And he he did this intense massage on my larynx that it felt like 
it just, I, it, it, it was just like a, if you get a deep tissue massage, they were doing that to my throat and I recommend wow. it to anybody. It was ma- It was really incredible. I'm going to get it done again this week. I, oh, wow. had a point. I had a point, but I can't remember where I was going with this. Anyway, so for the first time in my life, I'm actually doing warm-ups. I'm doing trills and just, and, and it actually works. Yeah. It's crazy. All that's, uh. That's why. Well, we 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 should. Uh, this is a whole other episode. The throat. Yeah. Uh, All right. The larynx massage. <laughs> I really so took much it off the googling to do. Feel free to edit that last bit out. I don't know what I was thinking. We had a I'll, nice goodbye, and then I just, you know. No, no, it's perfect. I um, ruined it. I, I'll defer to Chris. My. Uh, producer and editor but i think it was it was perfect because see then we can say well and it all worked out because here's six feet under yes that's great okay (laughs) i'm gonna add one last thing though just to pull some hate away from you is that it's so cold in canada oh so okay you're backing me up on this i'm backing you up so you know feel free to write me a hate letter that's okay, it. That's good. Thank got. you for taking some of the heat That's off me. welcome. Thank you so much. I love this. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And there you have it. My delightful and seriously Canadian conversation with Davnit Doyle. Um, go buy all her albums. If you don't have them already, you really should. Um, in fact, before I uh, sign off and ride off into the podcasting sunset, uh, here is, as promised, uh, Dav's cover of Cheap Tricks, I Want You to Want Me, which is incredible. I want you to want me. I need you to need me. I'd love you to love me I'm begging you to beg me Shine up the old red shoes Put on a brand new skirt I'll come home straight from work If you say that you love me Didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see you crying? Didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see you crying? Feeling all alone without a friend, you know I feel like dying. Oh, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see you crying? I want. I need you to need me I'd love you to love me
Now I'll just wrap things up. Thanks again to Dabnet Doyle uh, for coming on the show. And thank you to my producer, partner in crime, and the brains behind the operation, Mr. Chris Gersbeck, for doing all the fancy uh, stuff, uh, action, noises, explosions, echoes, as needed, um, and bringing it to the internet and stuff. And um, thank you to uh, Maximum Fun. Um, go to MaximumFun.org for more on them and their plot for world domination. Find out all, of, all their other great podcasts besides this one that they release into the wild. That's MaximumFun.org. I think that's all I wanted to tell you before I go, is it? I've been Dave Hill. Go to DaveHillOnline.com to find out more about me and my, uh, my twisted worldview. Uh, no, it's, I don't think it's twisted. Uh, okay, we'll be back in two weeks with another incredible episode of So You're Canadian. Uh, until next time, this has been me, Dave Hill. This is what... Uh, now I'm going to say So You're Canadian. It's just going to sound awkward, but I'll do it any- anyway. Why not? This has been So You're Canadian with me, Dave Hill. And I'm not... Sometimes I worry this show is getting too slick. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.